Welcome everyone to the Berkeley Center for Law and Technology's Expert Series Podcast. I'm Wayne Stacy, the Executive Director for BCLT, and with me today is Mark Cohen from the Berkeley School of Law. Mark is a, not only a lecturer, he is the director of the Asia IP Project and a director at Berkeley Center for Law and Technology. So Mark is one of the, the leading experts in the, in the world on Chinese IP law. And today we're gonna to be talking about the role of criminal IP enforcement in China. Mark, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Wayne, it's a pleasure to be here. So Mark, you recently wrote an article and it talks about two types of IP enforcement worldwide, but in, in particular in China. One is private enforcement, kind of what we would talk, call civil enforcement. And the other is government enforcement, so criminal and administrative rights. So my, my first question for you is, why is a strong Chinese government enforce, enforcement option worrisome in the IP world? Well, it's worrisome for a bunch of reasons. Uh, one is that uh, from the WTO context, um, uh, the obligation is to really have private remedies for all IP rights. So there's no obligation to have a criminal patent remedy in the US, except for marking uh, requirements, really has no criminal or public enforcement of the patent law. Uh, nor is there an obligation to have a criminal trade secret remedy. The U.S. has it, China has it, many other countries have it. Uh, moreover, the scope of criminal activities covered by the criminal law are limited. It doesn't capture uh, a non-willful uh, uh, infringement. Uh, criminal law captures largely willful infringement and according to the WTO on a commercial scale. Uh, so, it, you know, criminal law is very important in addressing um, uh, the need for society to respect IP provide some measure of social deterrence, uh, 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 address uh, criminality. Uh, uh, but it may not uh, work so well when it comes to technology-related issues, certainly not with patents, uh, 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 and uh, even uh, some difficulties on trade secrets, plant varieties. Uh, uh, so it, 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 ha it has its limits in terms of how the system functions. More importantly, perhaps, you go back to the preamble of the TRIPS agreement, and it says IP is a private property right, a private right. Now, if it's a private right, does that mean the government is the principal agency to enforce it? Or does that mean it's the individual that has to enforce it? And I think the TRIPS agreement, consistent with other aspects of the WTO, the global trading system, was really looking at private actors protecting private rights. Uh, 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 and that means robust civil remedies and everything that goes along with it, not public remedies. And in China, we have, by the way, not just criminal remedies, of which uh, China has, uh, I don't know, roughly 12,000 cases a year, a lot more than the United States. Uh, but we're also talking about a vast administrative system, including for patents, where you're fined. Kind of think of it as, as if the PTO had a police force. You get fined for infringement after a determination by the administrative agency. And that applies to patents, trademarks, copyrights, uh, trade secrets, uh, 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 plant varieties, a whole bunch of a whole bunch of things, as well as product quality uh, uh, and related uh, uh, issues. Uh, so that vast administrative system, in a way, uh, is another arm of public enforcement and, uh, and perhaps uh, depletes the uh, robust role that civil remedies should should afford in China and elsewhere. In by fine, you you mean a monetary penalty that's being paid to the government rather than the IP rights owner? 
That's exactly right. Uh, you, you get an administrative order, uh, which could be helpful, like an administrative injunction limited to the locality uh, where the administrative agency sits. So you would, uh, if you went to uh, Shanghai and you filed a patent administrative action there, it would be an order limited to the city of Shanghai or the district of Shanghai. Uh, and, and the fine would be levied against the infringer, which, by the way, could diminish what you have available for civil remedies, because uh, 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 you're taking money out of their pocket and putting it in the hands of the government. So there's some really interesting issues about how what is ultimately a very complicated system overlaps. Uh, uh, in the criminal system, you can have victims' compensation. In the civil system, you can have referrals to criminal prosecution. And in the administrative system, in theory, it, you could have referrals onto criminal prosecution. Uh, and maybe at times use it as a quasi-discovery mechanism where the administrative agency gathers evidence that could be made available to the civil court. Uh, 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 so it, it, it actually is a very complicated, uh, potentially interactive system, uh, but the administrative system per se doesn't do anything in terms of compensating a rights holder. So Mark, uh, Pretty clear that the, the article you wrote is getting a lot of traction in the, the trade world uh, and a lot of attention from our trade representatives. Tell me why you, you wrote this now. Well, the, the issue has been around a while uh, uh, and uh, uh, notwithstanding my, um, my uh, belief that we need to focus more on the civil system, I've been very active in, uh, 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 in promoting what I think is uh, the appropriate role of criminal enforcement. So I'm not saying that criminal enforcement has no value, far from it. It's just, what is the role? Is it, the, should it be the primary focus of, of, of US negotiations? So the US filed a um, WTO case against China in 2007. It was about criminal enforcement. There was nothing there about patents. There was nothing there about civil enforcement. There was nothing there even about trade secrets. It was, uh, uh, it was all about um, criminal copyright and trademark uh, 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 issues. Uh, uh, and then, um, as in, in the Trump period and prior, uh, you know, a lot of rhetoric around IP theft, which is an interesting concept that doesn't necessarily involve intellectual property. It could involve data, privacy, uh, other, uh, cyber hacking. So even though it says IP theft, it's perhaps a broader concept. And it seems to suggest that all types of, inf of uh, uh, infringement are criminal in nature, which they're not. So I advised early on the U.S. Commission to stop IP theft, uh, uh, which has former Ambassador Huntsman, uh, uh, Admiral Blair, and others uh, uh, back in 2011. Uh, although I had an ongoing debate with them, if you will, that uh, I felt they were unduly focused on criminal remedies. And this reflected a problem in society at large. Uh, so the recent uh, hearing they had in March with uh, Secretary of State, former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright, and others, uh, you know, I made the point again that we're really getting too far out there on criminal remedies and we're losing what is the essence of a civil system and the importance of a civil system. Uh, 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 and uh, it, it's disproportional to uh, the importance to rights holders. Uh, and so uh, they asked me to write this article uh, uh, very graciously to better explain my position. Well, so it's, it's obvious that the U.S. trade negotiators are are drifting toward criminal enforcement for, or at least pushing China toward more criminal enforcement. Where are other US or where are other countries coming down on, on this type of bias between criminal uh, as opposed to civil? 
So the, you know, there's a bit of, bit of history here, which which makes it a little hard for the U.S. to to veer off in a new direction. Which was after the U.S. lost that WTO case on criminal enforcement, uh, the U.S. Trade Representative decided that this was a major loss. Uh, uh, the only criminal provision in the TRIPS agreement, very important for dealing with China, and we were unable to get China to change its um, its law. Uh, uh, more or less lost. We could debate that, but at least in terms of the proceeding itself, we lost. Uh, 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 and so after that, the USTR uh, negotiated the anti-counterfeiting trade agreement and a bunch of free trade agreements, all of which had enhanced criminal uh, provisions, you know, so that criminal cases should be publicly prosecuted, not privately prosecuted, uh, uh, that uh, they should be available for trade secrets, not just for uh, trademarks and copyrights, uh, et cetera. So this this has been a um, longstanding, long-brewing issue, uh, and uh, 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 it continues to this day. You know, the, free, the, the uh, phase one trade agreement with China uh, mentions um, criminal several times more than civil, as does almost US, every USTR Section 301 report. And we've taken this message and we brought it to our allies and to our would-be trading partners in FTAs. Uh, and in some cases, I think we've gotten good uh, dialogue going. You know, frankly, if we're if Japan and the US or the United States and Singapore are able to uh, reach agreement about what constitutes illegal uh, 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 infringement, criminal infringement of trademarks, copyrights, trade secrets, uh, uh, it provides a basis for cooperation across the border. They call dual criminality. Both sides can cooperate on joint criminal cases, which is great. Uh, um, but we're still looking at an issue that is a fraction of the docket. The number of, of criminal IP cases brought by US DOJ is less, typically less than 100 per year against several thousands in the civil docket, not counting what might be in state courts. Uh, so it, it, it's kind of an oversized uh, 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 importance that attached to it, attaches to it. And that's the reason I say there's a bias, because if you're only going to talk about criminal, then you're not going to talk about patents. OK, and patents have not been patent enforcement has not typically been high on the docket between the U.S. and China and even with with other countries, uh, because we tend to focus much more on this criminality component. It's changing a little bit, but there are real consequences to that. Uh, um, one of the consequences, for example, and this was in the phase one agreement, is that um, the word transparency does not appear with, reflect to, re, with respect to the legal system. So we should be asking China to publish all its cases. You know, that's important for every lawyer practicing in the U.S., that has anything going on with China. So they could go ahead and pull up the cases and find out, well, gee, should I litigate? What's my chance of success? Where's a good place to litigate? How much will I get in damages? Is it really worth the effort? Would I get an injunction? How effective would that injunction do? You, we're shooting in the dark without having full and complete transparency. It's better today than it was before. But similarly, the same issues apply in any other market where civil law, particularly civil law countries, where they may be disinclined to publish cases. They say, we don't have case law. Why should we publish? So this is really extremely important uh, for the US government to understand and for, for lawyers to understand that left to its own devices, uh, uh, we would not necessarily see much progress uh, brought by the trade negotiators in areas that are deeply important to US IP lawyers, uh, uh, like 
uh, uh, patent uh, uh, litigation, like transparency, like due process, uh, 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 et cetera, everything that attaches to a, a well-functioning IP system. So what's the, the role that uh, the tech company can play in, in helping raise awareness on this issue and maybe get some more focus on issues that are important to them? Yeah, well, I think, you know, this tends to be kind of a DC focused issue, but I, I think uh, um, uh, it, it's extremely important. And, uh, you know, whatever side of the coin you are on issues like, uh, you know, implementer versus uh, innovator for standards essential patent or, or some of the other controversies, I think we should all be able to agree that courts should behave fairly and transparently and that we should have information about the cases. Uh, uh, and, um, I, 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 you know, I think for trade lawyers and for IP lawyers who are encountering problems in a market like China uh, uh, and are facing problems in their civil actions, it's very important to tell Washington why and how that is happening, not to have some kind of inchoate kind of, gee, you know, the I'm, uh, I'm getting screwed by the Chinese government, which, by the way, is probably not true because statistically, foreigners generally do well in the courts. Uh, uh, and, 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 and to get the U.S. government to really focus its resources on areas that are of concern. You know, for example, uh, according to published data, Microsoft has a very high success rate in the Chinese courts on software piracy. Uh, uh, their problem may actually be that they need more effective administrative actions. Uh, that seems to be the way they lobby the U.S. government. Uh, but they've won about 100 uh, percent of all the copyright published copyright software cases. That's important information for the U.S. government to know because they, they need to know that, yeah, this company is doing well, why it's doing well, what the challenges might still be and how we can get a, a better system that honors their, their, their software in place. Uh, um, uh, uh, on the other hand, you know, trade secret cases uh, are notoriously opaque. Uh, uh, in large part because they inevitably contain confidential information and Chinese courts are not used to, nor are they required to redact their decisions. So they end up not being published. So we end up having these hypothetical arguments about, gee, uh, your trade secret litigation environment is not good uh, uh, because we don't have the cases. There's something like five published cases involving Americans in the last two or three years in China. Five published cases, probably a lot more unpublished cases. Uh, when China joined the WTO, uh, 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 in 2001, that year, there were only about 30 civil IP cases involving foreigners. Uh, it would have been possible for USTR or WTO to gather every one of those cases and say, gee, how are foreigners doing? I'm certain it wasn't done. Uh, 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 but what you do have is a very large cohort of information in the cases. Uh, uh, China has something like uh, 400 to 450,000 IP cases per year in the courts. Huge number, of which about 12,000 are criminal. Most of them are civil. That's a huge amount of information. If that was all made available, uh, accessible, uh, you'd have a lot of data for companies and law firms to use to strategize. Uh, so transparency, a big part of it. It's not the only thing, delays, uh, a bias, national treatment, uh, 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 all that, we should be talking about how fairly we're being treated. Uh, uh, and we're very deeply into this uh, discussion with China, uh, but we really have not had the ability 
to do the kind of granular discussions that are necessary to make sure that foreigners are being treated well. Well, Mark, thank you for your time today. It's, uh, it's a great introduction to this topic. And uh, for those that are interested in more about it, uh, you can find Mark's article uh, just on the web. Um, it's the easiest place. It's called The Criminal Bias in U.S. Intellectual Property Diplomacy. Uh, Mark, we look forward to talking with you more about this topic in the future as it develops.